Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of You Want to Watch, a podcast where I'll let you know whether or not that movie you're considering watching is worth it. My name is Gabby, and can we believe that we are already in May? I can't. It's May 3rd um, when this episode's released. That's pretty wild. I truly have no concept of how time works and how it passes, so I say this a lot. Like, the passing of time is always wild to me. Like, the fact that April really hung on for dear life and seemed like the longest month in the existence of the length of months was wild to me, but also that now it's already May is also pretty wild. There wasn't a new episode last week. Uh, I was planning on recording after I finished watching the Oscars, and then the Oscars just irritated me to the point where I really had nothing to say. I didn't really want to talk about them anymore, so I decided not to record an episode and not post anything. If you missed me, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure there's episodes you haven't heard yet that you could have went back and listened to if you really needed to hear my voice, or you could have re-listened to an episode, but it's a new week, it's a new month, and we are back. For this episode, I will briefly talk about the Oscars just to wrap that up for me so I don't have to think about it again. And then we will also be doing a April recap of what movies I've watched because we've finished April and we got a lever behind. And then I will be talking about Mortal Kombat, which is my first theater experience of 2021. And then I also think we should talk about the new Michael B. Jordan movie that just dropped on Amazon Prime because I watched that and I have regrets. So let's get into it. So first up, Oscars. Uh, predictably, Nomadland won Best Picture. Unpredictably, the Academy decided to reveal that award before Best Actor and Best Actress, which I don't think they've done in like over 10 years. They've kept to the same formula, at least for what I read was like the past seven years. Like they always do Best Actress, Best Actor, and then Best Picture to end the night so that everybody stays tuned to find out who wins Best Picture. It's a good formula. You get people to watch your show past the deadline of when your show is supposed to end because the Oscars always run long. But this year, they decided to mix things up, I guess, to keep it interesting. Bad choice. We all agree, I'm pretty sure. Not a good choice. But so, Noman Lind won Best Picture. And then Chloe Zhao, who's the director of that movie, she won Best Director. She's the first Asian woman to ever win that award. Again, was the first Asian woman to ever be nominated for that award. The first woman to win that award since Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker, which, side note, it's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it for some reason, highly recommend that. But yeah, everybody was very confused at the layout of how they structured giving out the awards, especially because by the time we got to Best Actor, it really seemed like they had set everything up for Chadwick Boseman to win the Best Actor Award posthumously. And the thing is here is that the people who set up the structure of the show don't know the outcome. The way the Oscars are set up, like there's like two people who know exactly who are all the winners and they don't tell anybody else. And so like the people who structured the show could not have known that spoiler alert Chadwick Boseman was not going to win the Oscar and instead was going to go to Anthony Hopkins but because they did not know that and that was not a for sure given they shouldn't have restructured the point of the show because 
it was just the most awkward thing. You get Joaquin Phoenix up there to give a speech that he refuses to give. And then it's so anticlimactic because Anthony Hopkins did not attend the Oscars because he lives in Europe or England somewhere like on the other side of the world. And they would not let him join the show through Zoom. So it was just like a picture of Anthony Hopkins and then Joaquin Phoenix was like, cool, thanks, bye, good night. And then the show ended and it was like the weirdest experience. Like truly the most wild Oscars we've had since the La La Land Moonlight fiasco. Nothing to that level. Like this was not as wild as that. Nothing will ever top that, I don't think. Um, That was a wild moment in time. But this was like the closest that I think we're ever going to get again. And I'm still just irritated at the whole thing. Like, please just stick to what you know. Do best actor, best actress, and best picture. Like, do not mess with that formula. It's not worth it. Also, this is kind of jumping into my April recap, but I watched The Father and I thought Anthony Hopkins was very good in it, even though the movie as a whole, I was just like meh about. But I do think that Anthony Hopkins was deserving of that award and the idea that Chadwick Boseman was going to win it just because he sadly passed. Um, and it was kind of like the Academy's last chance to ever nominate and award Chadwick Boseman with something. Um, like I'm sad that he didn't get that for him. Like when Heath Ledger got the Oscar for the dark Knight um, posthumously, that obviously was a great moment. we can remember that now, like for the rest of time and always know that that performance was recognized. But I do think that death is not a reason to give somebody an award. So I'm not particularly bothered that Chadwick didn't receive the award. I just think that the setup really was not done well and truly don't ever do it again. Also, another gripe that I had about the Oscars was there was no live performances for any of the songs nominated for Best Original Song. That's always one of the best parts of watching the Oscars is getting to hear all the performances. We will never forget Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga doing Shallow. Like We will never, ever, ever forget that. What an amazing moment. I still think they were in love at one point in time. And I will stand by that for the rest of my life. But yeah, we didn't get any of that. They didn't even like let them like remote tape the performances and then just play them back. Like it was just like a big nope on the performance front, which is a bummer because Leslie Odom Jr. was nominated for an Oscar and they could have just let him sing. If you get the chance to let Leslie Odom Jr. sing at something, you absolutely go for it. You don't stop him from doing that. At the Academy, please take notes. Please remember this for the future when he's inevitably nominated for another best original song now to move on to the movies that i watched in april and we can talk a little bit more about um two of them in more detail i've really been slowing down on how many new movies i've been watching per month because there's just fewer and fewer good things coming out for me to watch and i am not desperate enough to like go through my watch list of stuff that I thought I wanted to watch three years ago and then finally like give it a chance. Like I haven't hit that point yet. And the entire month of April, I only watched 12 new movies to me. My rewatches for this month were Captain America, the Winter Soldier, because I just was feeling that vibe. And then I rewatched The Town, which um, almost a perfect movie. Absolutely love that movie. 
Uh, I did watch Mortal Kombat twice. I watched it once in theaters and then I watched it on HBO Max. We were going to talk about that movie. And then I rewatched Cradle to the Grave, Rest in Peace DMX, and that's it. Those are my rewatches for the month. So I really didn't even watch that many movies, period. 911 and 911 Lone Star on Fox came back, and I have been able to watch that again. Super happy about that, even though the show is kind of boring right now, both of them. It's not as fun as it was when I was watching like it episode after episode last summer, but I still think people should watch it if they haven't yet. I also watched all of Ted Lasso. I know I'm really, I'm really late on that, but it's also an amazing show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's a really good time. Absolutely obsessed with Jason Sudeikis in that. Uh, yeah, watch Ted Lasso. That's my recommendation for you on TV stuff. The two movies that I watched that were new to me that I haven't talked in detail about and probably won't were um, The Father. As I said, it was just okay. The acting's very good, but the movie overall is just okay. And then I watched something on HBO Max called Reasonable Doubt. And I watched it because it has uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Dominic Cooper in it. And so like, I was slightly interested just to see what that was going to be about. And it wasn't that good. Like it wasn't awful, but I definitely got up and was like washing the dishes uh, halfway through. And I know I didn't miss any major plot points and I still understood everything that was going on by the time I came back to the couch. So it's just kind of one of those movies. Do with that what you will. I don't think anybody was like dying to watch a movie with Samuel L. Jackson and Dominic Cooper, but to each their own, if that is something that sounds interesting to you, Again, I don't think it's a total waste of your time if you wanted to watch it. It's on HBO Max, so if you're really bored, you want to throw it on, go ahead. But now for something else that's on HBO Max, something that I saw in theaters and then watched on my TV through HBO Max is Mortal Kombat. Let's get into this. So for all of the other HBO releases that have released on the app and in theaters on the same day I have chosen to watch at home because I was not vaccinated yet and I was not out of the two-week waiting period after. But two weeks ago, Friday, I was exactly out of that window. I was fully vaccinated and free to do more things. And the first thing I really did want to do was go to the movies. So I went to see Mortal Kombat with my friend Miguel. And honestly, I went in already saying like this movie could have been trash and I would have had the most amazing time of my life because I was really glad to be back in a movie theater just I was in my element I was ready to have a good time uh not pleased to report that people still don't have good movie theater etiquette like somebody in the theater like in my row decided they wanted to talk on their phone during part of the movie like that wasn't cool pre-covid it's not cool we're not post-covid but it's still not cool now that more people can go to movie theaters like it's still not the vibe please stop talking on your phone in the movie theater please for the love of everything holy but overall I really did think the movie was fun and a good time like again I've seen it twice now because I thought the action scenes were really cool and I wanted to watch them again I do think some people are being like more critical of it than they need to be and they're calling out the acting as like a distraction or as like a negative part of the movie but if you had your hopes up to, for this to be like the most well-acted movie of all time, like that's your own fault. Like I was not expecting anything more than like really cheesy one-liners and like really bad back and forth 
predictable cliches like and that's what I wanted and that's what they gave me and I was happy with it honestly it was the perfect amount of chaos in a movie for me especially this kind of a movie where basically the only reason you're going to watch it is for the action scenes it's not really for the plot and the dialogue it's to see really cool like fight scenes where people die and they had so many of those also I've played Mortal Kombat before, but I don't know anything about like the lore and like everything about all of the characters the way that I know a bunch of people do. Like I know a ton of people were really excited about this movie because they're like super into the video games and they like know everything about Mortal Kombat. Like that, that, that person is not me. I am not she. And you truly don't need to know anything about Mortal Kombat to watch this movie and to have a good time. I do think if you had certain expectations because of different things you thought should be included and the way they should have gone about it. Like, obviously, you're going to be disappointed if something you wanted to be there isn't there. But I really can't speak on any aspects of that. And again, I don't know enough about the world of Mortal Kombat to like get angry or to even understand why other people might be angry. So if you're super into Mortal Kombat and you didn't enjoy this movie for a specific reason, I'm sorry that you weren't just able to have fun. Like that, I feel like that sucks for you. I wish everybody could just watch this movie and have a good time. Also, seeing it on a really big screen, like with no distractions, and the sound was great. And honestly, I just I had missed movie theater so much. Like not, I mean, I know, again, I've said this before, I think like I can put my phone on do not disturb and then like leave it in my room while I sit in my living room and watch TV. But I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I need to be in a movie theater where I will follow movie theater etiquette and will not get on my phone and will not do anything else but watch a movie while I'm in the theater. And I'm really glad that I got to see Mortal Kombat on the big screen and I was forced to only pay attention to it. Had such a good time. Also, Louis Tan, very hot, very talented from a martial arts standpoint. I don't really want to say anything about his acting because, again, I was not expecting much from him. But he's hot and he did what he needed to do. Thank you, Louis Tan. If you wanted to know how I rated this, I did give it three stars because um, I had a good time. But I don't think it was the greatest movie of all time. Probably would bump it up to three and a half. Usually three and a half is like my threshold for a movie I'm willing to rewatch. And I'm, I have rewatched it. So I probably should have bumped it up on my second viewing, which I, I think I will do. I think I will say this movie is a three and a half star movie because it has a rewatch factor. I would enjoy rewatching it just for funsies. But it's not like it's not a four star movie by any means. Like it's like a low, like it's like a 3.25 that I'm going to round up through to a 3.5 because I'm being nice. But I would recommend it to anybody who thinks that they're interested in seeing it or has an interest in like fighting movies. Like they like action. If you're not afraid of blood, there's a ton of blood in this movie. So if that icks you out, maybe it's not for you. But I think you would already know that. Uh, so. Overall, though, highly recommend it. If you can go to a theater safely and watch it there, I say do it that way. But also, it'll be on HBO Max for at least another two weeks. So if you want to catch it there, you also can. I truly love that HBO Max is like catering to us this way. It's like, yes, I can go to a movie theater, but I'm not going to go for every single movie that I want to see. Like I think the next release that they're going to be doing is In the Heights, and I will be watching that 
at home. I will not be paying um, to go see that in a theater. Sorry, Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I'm not going to pay for it if I can watch it at home. I am really desperate to go to the movies again, though, already. So I might be seeing Spiral, um, which is like the next Saw movie. I don't, who knows if I actually will, but I'm interested in doing that. So there's unfortunately just not that many new movies coming out in theaters, really even like until June. I'm looking at a list right now. And honestly, the next movie that I would really, really want to see in theaters is the next Fast and Furious. I will be seeing that movie in theaters, but that doesn't come out until the end of June. Like our pickings are very slim from now until then, which just bums me out because I want to go to a movie theater. Though we are getting some more good streaming options, like Netflix has like quite a few coming up in the next couple of weeks that I am excited to see. Uh, Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's next project is Friday, May 21st, which is like three weeks away. Very excited about that. And then we're finally getting The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams that I've been excited about when we were supposed to get that movie last year. Um, And then we're also like literally this coming Friday, there's a new movie with Calvin Harrison Jr. that John David Washington is also in called Monster. So that's what I will be doing Friday night. Very excited about that. But another streaming platform that we have, Amazon Prime, they just gave us the new Michael B. Jordan movie, which was Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. And like Amazon Prime just has like a lock on Tom Clancy because they have that Jack Ryan show with uh, John Krasinski. Um, And so this is like, I don't know if it's set in the same world because I don't know anything about Tom Clancy's books, but like Tom Clancy wrote a bunch of books and then like these different characters have gotten different versions of movies and TV shows now made about them. And again, I don't know how they all fit in together, but in this movie, Michael B. Jordan's playing John Kelly, who is a Navy SEAL. And literally in the first like five minutes, I was like, no, there were so many random one-off actors who showed up for this movie. Like the first time Jamie Bell showed up, I like was like, gasp, it's Jamie Bell. And then one of the other SEALs was Cam Gigande from Twilight fame. And that blew my mind. And I was like, okay, let's let's go. Let's have a good time. Uh, spoiler alert, Cam Gigande literally dies like eight minutes into the movie. It's not that big of a deal for me to tell you that because he's not a big plot point. And I'm sure you don't even know who I'm talking about. But it was sad for me personally because I was excited that he was going to be like a side character for this entire movie. And then I was sorely disappointed, which then was just par for the course for the entire movie was me being excited and then being sorely disappointed. But basically the plot of this movie to tell you what it's actually about is, like I said, Michael B. Jordan's playing John Kelly, who is a Navy SEAL and him and his group of fellow SEALs go on this like op to rescue a hostage is what they're told like Jamie Bell's character tells them that they're like there to like rescue a hostage and that um there's they're expecting a certain level of like enemy when they get there and they show up and it's like Russians and they're confused and they realize that they've been lied to uh and their whole like mission kind of goes to hell and they kill a bunch of Russians because Americans can't make movies these days without making Russia the big bad guy in the movie. Um, I've said this before. I, I think it's weird. I think it's weird that we keep doing this. 
I thought it was weird in that Anthony Mackie movie. I think it's weird here. I feel like we can make movies without them being like military movies against Russia. I don't I don't know why all the Hollywood studios think that this is super interesting uh, plot points, but I don't like it. But yeah, from there, um, they have to start facing the fallout of killing a bunch of Russians. And what happens is the Russians uh, get together and then they start coming back. Well, they come back to America, like the SEALs. They finish their mission. They come back to America and they are followed by a group of Russians who start killing them one by one, which is how Cam Gigande dies. Very sad. And so like two of them are killed and then a group of them show up to John Kelly's house and try and kill him and unfortunately in the process end up murdering his pregnant wife and so the movie then is really just about him trying to get his revenge and figure out who killed his family and what the whole deal is there and again that's not a spoiler because it's literally in the synopsis for the movie so if you like saw anything about the movie you already knew this was coming also you should have known it was coming because Michael B. Jordan needs a reason to be sad and then want to go kill more Russians. So he has to lose somebody important to him. It's all very cliche. Like it's all very by the book. This is a typical like military action film, except it's very boring for some reason. Like I don't understand how every action scene is so boring. The movie starts off and I was like, Ooh, okay, let's go. Like, let's get some action. Let's get excited. And then it just like chooses to stop before it should be getting exciting every single time. I don't understand how they like build up the tension so well every time and then literally just stop the scene. And it was so frustrating because I just, I kept expecting something to be good in this movie and I was getting absolutely nothing. Like there's a scene where John Kelly, he's like done killed a bunch of people. And so then he's in prison, like being held um, in a cell and they like a bunch of people in suits with guns and stuff like show up like tactical gear, not like a tie type of suit, but they're trying to like get him out of a cell. And he like does this whole setup where he like bloods the floor and he like wraps his shirt around his hand, like reminding us he's been Apollo Creed's son. Like, yes, we remember Michael B. Jordan. You were in Creed and Creed too. We're not going to forget that. But it's this very dramatic scene and they have Michael B. Jordan say very dramatic things. And there's a couple like really cool, like 10, 15 seconds of a fight scene. And then it just stops. And I'm still like so sad because it could have been so cool. Like we could have gotten like Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt level prison fight scene stuff. And they did not give that to me. And I'm still bummed out. Also, I've said this before, but I really don't understand um, like why Michael B. Jordan can't act sometimes. Like he picks and chooses when he thinks he knows how to act. And it's really frustrating because my first time I ever saw Michael B. Jordan in something was when he was Wallace in The Wire. And even just thinking about Wallace makes me tear up. Michael B. Jordan was amazing in that. Like as a child, as a child actor, he did such amazing work in that. And then like, then we get stuff like this movie or like, I really don't think he was that amazing in Creed. Like there's been, there were some scenes in both the Creed movies that I thought he was pretty good, but on a whole, I don't think his acting was great in either of those movies. Like Fruitvale Station was amazing. And then 
and then you get other things he's in that's just like meh like i absolutely did not like the way he played his character in black panther and i still don't understand everybody's obsession with killmonger like from michael b jordan's acting standpoint of it i just i felt like his character it could have been somebody like that i could have understood like the character motivations from but the way michael b jordan played him i was like "Mm, okay this isn't cool not having a good time with this and then two every time someone wants to like recast uh henry cavill as superman on twitter like every time they want to push black superman onto me and they're always fan casting michael b jordan like absolutely not not in my dc universe thank you just thinking about this now because i was thinking about another michael b jordan movie which was fantastic four like the fantastic four reboot which that movie was not his fault but i also do think he makes a fun johnny storm i really wish that that movie had not been as bad as it was so that we could have gotten more and leaned into it but jamie bell is in that movie and then he's in this movie so they've done two things together which i'm sure is fun for them i wonder if they like like working together because it's a very random pair and they have to like get along for it to have happened more than once so i wonder if they're really good buddies it's kind of fun everybody who was in fantastic four i feel like well jamie bell and kate mara who played sue in that they're married and they have children so very good friends i would say but that cast had to put up with a lot i feel bad for them that that movie should have been way better than it was sad about it but back to michael b jordan yeah um don't really think he can act i mean again this is kind of like mortal Kombat, where you didn't need it but because the action scenes were so bad i really did want to care about the storylines and I, I didn't have either, like at least in Mortal Kombat, I had action, even though the acting wasn't great. Like Here, the acting wasn't great and I didn't have great action. And I was putting up the dumb US versus Russian subplot that I did not like either. So overall, I just, I didn't have a good time. I was very not in a good mood the entire time. Like I finished it and I was like, well, this sure was a movie I watched. I did watch it and that's all I have to say. I gave it a really low rating because I was being mean in the moment. I gave it one star. I still don't feel bad about that. I think people were giving it more credit than it deserved. I was seeing a lot of 2.5 and three star reviews on Letterboxd and I absolutely do not think that that's fair or valid. The movie was not worth anything over two stars at most. I think my one star reviews correct though never going to be something I think about again when I think about all the movies I've watched this year this one will not cross my mind at all but that gets me through everything that I watched in April for the most part um I really hope that I can turn things around in May I'm I'm sure I said this at the beginning of April where I said I needed to like step it up and watch more new movies um but I really do need to step it up I think I'm at 66 for the year And we're getting close to like half a year into 2021. And if I want to hit 200 movies, I need to I need to pick up my pace. So hopefully with the influx of movies that we're going to get in May, like on all the streaming platforms, I can increase my numbers. Hopefully I just like suck it up and watch a couple of things that I have been putting off watching. Nothing's immediately coming to mind, but I'm sure there's something I can find on Netflix that I haven't seen that I'm halfway interested in watching. 
Also, this is random. This has nothing to do with anything new that I'm interested in watching because I own this movie on Blu-ray, but Tenet was recently added on HBO Max. So if you didn't see it in theaters and you hadn't been wanting to spend money to rent it, if you have HBO Max, you can watch Tenet, uh, one of the greatest movies to come out of 2020. One of the best Christopher Nolan movies, period. I will die on this hill. I love Tenet. Anytime I want to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. So if you needed a recommendation of something to watch, here I am again telling you to watch Tenet. Also, hopefully I can keep up with a weekly schedule. I really wanted to when I picked up doing this podcast again in January. I really wanted to like hold myself to a weekly upload schedule. Um, but like April, again, like you heard was a weird month for movie watching for me. Also doing the Falcon and the Winter Soldier bonus series episodes. Like I was doing two episodes in a week and I really think I just needed a break. Uh, and considering I'm not planning on doing anything like that again, maybe ever like, no, uh, I won't say never when Hawkeye comes out, I will be doing a Hawkeye mini series. You heard it here first, but I'm not planning on doing anything like that for a while now. So I should be able to calmly get my thoughts together and be able to record episodes weekly. So hopefully if you're interested in that, you will tune in to my episodes and I will catch you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You Wanna Watch. You can find me on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as well as on Twitter at YWWPod and Instagram at You Wanna Watch.